morning, Get Up With God. Good to see you this morning. I'm your host, Dylan Maverick. It's good to be with you. If you have your Bible, open up with me to Hebrews chapter 5. We're going to talk this morning about the uh, high priest, Jesus Christ, and what that means for us. It's good to see you this morning. You're on with Get Up With God. If you're on live, thank you for being with me on Twitch. If you're on Twitter, YouTube, or Facebook, thank you guys so much for joining and uh, if you're listening by audio podcast, I want to welcome you to the show. Thanks for being with me. Multiple streams you can go on to live. You can also listen later if you don't catch the live show. If you're listening later, you can participate on any, any podcast uh, that's available. Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, you name it, we, we're on it. So thank you so much for being here, being with me and listening. Let's start in Hebrews chapter 5. We're going to start reading this morning have a lot of scripture to go through. I'm going to be very selective about what we go through because it could take um, quite a bit of time. We don't have a lot of time. So I want to be very selective of what we go through. But I want to talk about Jesus and what it means for him to be our high priest. Uh, so let's get into this. But it's good to see everybody that's on. Thank you for joining me live. If you're with me live, thank you guys so much. It's early in the morning. Hope you grabbed your coffee. I've got mine this morning. Just been in a coffee mood. Um, so I've got my, my coffee here and my Bible's ready. So let's pray this morning and uh, we'll get right into the word. Lord, we thank you. We worship you this morning. We praise you. We lift you up. Oh Lord, we give you this time of our day. We welcome you. We thank you. We love you. We just ask that you'd visit us this morning. Help us, lead us, and guide us in everything that we do. We read, we listen. Lord, we just were ready to receive from you this morning. Help us, Lord. We give us this, give you this time this morning part of our day, we just ask for your help, your leading, and your guiding to give us direction and insight for our life and for our future. And we just receive it now by faith in Jesus' mighty name. I speak over every person that's listening or watching, Lord, that you would help them in the areas of their life that they need the attention the most and they need your involvement. I ask that you would get involved in that. Help them. I send ministering angels now to help them wherever they are. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Well, believe it and receive it by faith. But it's good to see you this morning. Let's open, like I said, to Hebrews chapter 5. Uh, we're going to start talking about the uh, uh, priest, high priesthood of Jesus and what that means. And um, Let's start there. So Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1. Um, yep, yeah, verse 1. For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity. And by reason thereof he ought, as for the people, so also for himself, to offer for sins. That's a hard translation. Let me read it out of the New King James. For every high priest taken from among men is appointed for men, in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. He, the high priest, can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray, since he himself is also subject to weakness. Because of this, he is required as for the, as for the people, so also for himself to offer sacrifices for sins. And no man takes his, this honor to himself, but he who is really called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not glorify himself. So let, before we get to verse 5. So 
before Jesus came, just a little lesson in this as I've been reading and studying this, before Jesus came, there was high priests appointed among men, and these high priests would make sacrifices for the people that sinned before God or sinned in their life, had anything wrong, had any wrongdoing in their life. The reason they, that these high priests did that was to make the people right before God. They would, there was a tabernacle, there was an altar that they would go into, they would make, they would make sacrifices of animals before God, and they would uh, basically plead the case of the people to God to make the people right before God. And in those days it took, and this is right before Jesus, this was up until Jesus came. So this was happening through the time that Jesus came. And uh, so like while Jesus was on earth, I mean, this is what was happening during these times. And the priest would make sacrifices of these animals. He would kill the animals, offer them on, on, a, on an altar. And this was their... Um, this was their way of making themselves right before God. And these animal sacrifices, you know, substituted as this blanket that covered the sin of the people. It would cover the sin so that it was kind of taken away from them. But it had to be regularly done because um, what you have to understand about is that people are, are people and they mess up. They miss God on a regular basis, and they had to continually do this to make these sacrifices to make themselves right before God. And the high priest had to, if there was anything in his life, knowingly or unknowingly, that he did, he had to make himself right before God as well. So there were sacrifices, animals being killed. I mean, it was a bloodbath during these times because they were constantly making sacrifices before God. But remember, now he, the, this we're reading is in the New Testament. This is Paul, and he, he's explaining this uh, to the Hebrews about what happened, and, and now we have a new, there's a new high order that G, since Jesus has come. So listen to this. So also, and stay tuned, this can get lengthy, but stay tuned with me through this because it's, it's very powerful. As I, I was reading it this morning, I was hooked in it read the whole book of Hebrews this morning while I was laying in bed, but I, I could not stop. It just, there's so much involved in it and it really is powerful for our lives and for, uh, the work of what Jesus has done. So uh, verse five now in chapter five says, so also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said to him. So it was God who said to Jesus, you are my son today. I have begotten you. As he also says in another, another place, you are a high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. So Melchizedek was this person, which we're about to read about, that Abraham, having taken spoils from war and battle, came and made sacrifices to this high priest and gave a tenth of, his, uh, of all the things that he had gathered to this high priest. And recognize this high priest Melchizedek as the ultimate high priest and, and gave offerings unto him. So, in, uh, so let's keep reading in verse 7. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear, though he was a son, talking about Jesus, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author and eternal salvation to all who obey him, 
called by God as high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Now, Paul's explaining these things about the high priests, about how Jesus is taking the place of the high priest. And then in the midst of it, he's got Paul. Don't Paul doesn't doesn't, you know, tiptoe around stuff. And he goes, who we have much to say, but it's hard to explain to you because you're dull of hearing. And so he's talking to the people that he's writing to as, as it's as if I was sitting here and I'm reading a devote word going through this devotional this morning. And I go, this is too hard for you to understand because you, you're hard of hearing. You're just dull. You don't listen to this stuff. You don't, you know, that can come across hard, but that's the way Paul spoke to these people. And they've become dull of hearing these things, which is why he's reiterating it to them. There was a reason that he's explaining this. There's a reason the Lord is leading me through these things is because we need to hear these things right now on the level of which this goes back to what I was talking about. The level of which we deserve to view ourselves so that we take our place in society the right way. We take the level that we're supposed to take in our life we take the place that we're supposed to take in our society, in our community, in our offices, uh, you know, our businesses, our workplaces, in our churches. We take the place that we deserve to take. And Paul thought it was necessary for these particular people to hear it and explain it. This is pressed in me right now. And, uh, you know, even my pastor's teaching on faith and uh, the confidence in God that we should have to believe God for big things because we have to start seeing a tide turn for the better for God to be involved in America in our families in our schools our workplaces etc it starts with me and you it starts in these these times that we study and we read the word that these things become engrafted into us and start becoming a part of us so we think of ourselves on a different level you're not just a person going through life just barely making it you're not just some some vagabond you know, sojourning through the land and hopefully you make it through and it's, you know, there's, it's a hard time and you've got to make it. No, no, you're a king and a priest and a high exalted person before God. And that's because of what Jesus did for you. And the more you recognize that, the more you understand it, the more we, uh, we're less dull of hearing we're sharp of hearing. We want to be sharp in hearing. We want to be uh, uh, tactful in how we hear and how we listen and how we understand. We want to grow in the things of God. And so he, uh, Paul keeps on going down in verse 12. He says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you've come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone that partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are full of who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have had their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So we, we should be maturing through these things. That's how your level of righteousness goes up. That's how your level of boldness for, for God and for the things of God goes up. Is by your, well, I mean, we just read that in, ver, in chapter 4. Uh, right in verse 16, directly before chapter 5, what we just read, verse 4 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. We just talked about that yesterday. Mercy, grace in the time of need, 
because we recognize our place of righteousness that we have. But Paul is saying here, everyone who partakes of only milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. So you can't just, you can't just stay on the low level of understanding of reality of what the word of God says for you. You've got to go higher in the things of God. We have to raise our levels in the understanding and our faith and our confidence in the things of God so that we can exercise the higher things of God. We can experience, he, that's what he said, that is those by who reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. This is how you become a, a severe Christian and you get severe results. Let's keep going. I want to jump to uh, chapter 8. Let's jump over to chapter 8. Remember who, who we're talking about now. So there's two people. There's there's Melchizedek, who was a high priest that Abraham recognized. And then there was, now there's Jesus, who Paul said is, un, is now within that same vein and order of Melchizedek. And he is, should be treated in the, as the same severity as that high priest. Um, ver, chapter 8, let's go to verse 1. Now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, a minister of the sanctuary. Let me let me read out of this. It's just a little easier to read with the microphone here. Hebrews, let's go to chapter 8. For every high priest, uh, uh, verse 2, a minister of the sanctuary of the, of the true tabernacle, which the Lord erected, not man. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Therefore, it is necessary that this one also has something to offer. For if he were on earth, he would not be a priest. Since there are priests we offer, who offer the gifts according to, to the law, who serve the copy and shadow of the heavenly things, as Moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle. For he said, See that you make all things according to the pattern that, that I showed you on the mountain. But now he who has attained a more excellent ministry, talking about Jesus, inasmuch he is also a meteor of the better covenant, which is established established on better promises. Now hang with me. I told you there'd be a lot of reading this morning. I want to go back now to verse 7. For this, Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the most high God. So this is what we're talking about with Melchizedek and, and what Jesus is underneath. If you can get this and understand this, this will be dynamic for you. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the most high God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated king of righteousness, this is Melchizedek, and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace, without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the son of God, remains a priest continually. This is talking about the, this priest Melchizedek. 
You got to get this because this is how we're going to circle back to Jesus. Verse four says, now consider how great this man was, Melchizedek, to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. And indeed, those who are of the sons of Levi, who receive the priesthood, have a commandment to receive tithes from the people according to the law, that is from their brethren, though they have come from the loins of Abraham. But he whose genealogy is not derived from uh, them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. Now beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. Here moral, mortal men receive tithes, but there he, uh, he receives them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. Even Levi, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak, for he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Now, let me clean this up a little bit. Not that it needs to be cleaned up, but for me, there's a lot going on in that. They are taking what Paul's doing is, is symbolizing that Jesus, now that he has come, done his final sacrifice, given his life so that there's no more animals that need to be sacrificed, no more blood that needs to cover sins. Jesus's sacrifice blotted out sin. It didn't just cover sin. It blotted it out completely. Now, Jesus came under this same high priesthood vein of what they used to do by giving sacrifices and all the things that they used to do. Jesus came in that same vein as a high priest. And what we're to do now is follow the same uh, recognition of a high priest, but not with a man, but with Jesus. So whatever we did with that high priest, now we do through the same vein, but through Jesus. Verse 11, therefore, if perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, so in other words, if we were, be, we were able to be made perfect through the old way that the priest used to do it, what would be the need for Jesus? Watch, therefore, if perfection through the, uh, were through the Levitical priesthood, for under it people received the law, what further, further need was there that another priest should rise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be called according to the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed of necessity, there's also a change of the law. For he of whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe for which no man has officiated at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord rose from Judah, of which, tri the, of which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident in the likeness of Melchizedek that arises another priest who has come, not according to the law, but according to the power of endless life. So Jesus, not even part of that lineage of priests that could have came, he, he is, he's recognized as that same high order that the Melchizedek lineage came from. For he testifies, you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. For, one, for on the one hand, there is an annulling of the former commandment because of its weakness and unprofitableness, for the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing of a better hope, though which we draw near to God. Then continue. I know this is a lot of reading, but just bear with me. This is you, you could get revelation if I just read it and you just listen. This will help you. In as much, verse 20, in a, and, and in as much he, has not, he was not made perfect without an oath, for they become priests without an oath, but he made an he with an oath by him who said to him, Lord was the Lord was sworn, 
and will not relent. You are a priest forever, according to the Melchizedek. By so much more, Jesus has become surely of a better covenant. And there were many priests because they were prevented from death by continuing. So in other words, Melchizedek died and so on and so forth. Priests continued to die. So there had to be new priests continually uh, put in place to do these sacrifices and make uh, you know, reconciliation between us and God. These priests had to continue coming because they kept dying. So he's saying for such a high priest was fitting for us. I'm sorry, verse 23. Also, there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. But he, because he continues forever, Jesus has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for us. So Jesus is the only high priest that will continue on without having to change the lineage. He's the final high priest that we need to cover what we cover our sins, cover what we have. Verse 26, for such a high priest was fitting for us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens who does not need daily uh, as those high priests to offer sacrifices first for his own sins. This is talking about Jesus. So when I read this, listen to this again. This is this is Jesus we're talking about. For such a high priest was fitting for us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily, as the other high priest did, to offer up sacrifices for their own sins, and then for the people's, for he... For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. For the law appoints as a high priest men who have weakness because they're man. The law in that old time would appoint regular people. They, they had weaknesses. They had sins. They had things that they had to cover. Then once those were covered, they could cover the rest for the people. But the word of oath, which came after the law, appoints to the son who has been perfected forever. That's Jesus. Let's continue on now. I know this is a lot to chew on. I know it's a lot to chew on, but it's, it's, it's like, I can see it like a skyscrapers all over my Bible. I see all of it popping out. Now turn to Hebrews eight, verse seven. This is what we're going to, this is where I wanted to get. Verse seven says, for if that first covenant had been faultless, then there would have been no place sought for a second in other words if the way that they were doing it with the high priests and the sacrifices and the animals i mean how bizarre does that seem nowadays i mean that just seems like a weird like weird thing to do but the reason is because they that's how god ordained it in that time to cover their sins but then once jesus came he came with a new structure for us to have our sins covered verse 7 says for it was the first covenant if the first covenant had been faultless then no place would have been sought for a second. There would have been no need for a different uh, priest like Jesus to come if the first way that they were doing it was good enough. Verse 8, because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made it with their fathers in that day when I took them by the hand and led them, led them to the land of Egypt because they did not continue in my covenant and disregarded them, says the Lord. 
For this is the covenant that I will make with them with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God. They shall be my people, and none of them shall teach his neighbor, and none is his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for, for all shall know me. For the least of them to the greatest of them, shall, for I shall be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. In that, he says, a new covenant, he has made the first obsolete. He has made the first obsolete. The first way of doing it is obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and, go, and growing old is ready to vanish away. Now, go back with me. So I had to get all that out. You may not be following me. How are we doing this morning? Let's go back now to chapter 6. Oh, I'm sorry, no. Chapter 4. No, no, I'm sorry. I want to go to chapter Hebrews seven so now let's tie this into me and you for a second let's let's take this back a little bit in chapter seven now we see abraham who recognized melchizedek as the high priest did something to recognize him verse seven a uh, chapter seven verse one for this melchizedek king of salem priest of the most high god who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. Abraham blessed the, the priest to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. First being translated king of righteousness and then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace, without father, without mother, without genealogy. And now consider this, verse 4, now consider how great this man was, talking about Melchizedek, to whom even Abraham gave a tenth of all his spoils. So now, let's stop for a second. If Abraham, who recognized who recognized uh, Melchizedek as a high priest, he said it was first being translated king of righteousness, Melchizedek was. If Abraham, under the old covenant way, recognized Melchizedek as such a high priest that he gave him offerings, blessed him and a 10th of all that he had. And we just read in, in Hebrews chapter eight, that the new law is better and diminishes and gives, takes away the old one. We have a new law now with Jesus in its place. Who's a high priest forever. How much more so should out what we have, what we possess be offered to the king and to the priest, the high priest Jesus, who sits on the throne consistently now, forever, next to God. We, we owe that at the, at the very least. That's, that's, our, that's, a, that's one of the first obligations that we have. This, this isn't talked about a lot, yeah, uh, especially in like a morning devotional like this. Um, but, as as Christians, when we when we come into this new covenant, I'm gonna I want to I'll, I'll, I want to dissect this probably tomorrow morning because this was a lot to chew on. I could just read the whole book of Hebrews Hebrews uh, for this devotional. I could have just read the whole thing and probably not got out what we needed to get out. 
but I wanted I wanted to just start this off because we're going to talk about this high priesthood. What what and what our what me and your part is within this as Christians when we recognize Jesus as the high priest. Because Jesus is taking the place now of Melchizedek. And whatever Abraham did for that high priest under that old covenant or that old law or the old way of doing things to make it simple, how much more so our obligation <coughs> to our high priest, Jesus, as he continues consistently to sit on the high throne of heaven. We're going to talk about that tomorrow morning. That's what we're going to talk about. Because what Jesus, what Jesus has done is he's gotten rid of and abolished the old way of the covenant that was made, uh, that was made through the old a way of of getting rid of our sins. He got rid of that whole that whole process. But what he didn't get rid of is the honor, the recognition that the people had for the high priest. That's what he's talking about here and he that's what Paul's talking about is the recognition that Abraham had for that high priest. That's what that's what our responsibility is as Christians is to recognize the high priest Jesus in his place because here's the great part what benefit does it have for you to put Jesus in the place that he deserves to be put and do the things that we're supposed to do to recognize the place that he's in this is part of your everyday walk this is what we and you should be doing and it's not something you have to carve out every day to think about but you should have you have responsibilities uh uh to maintain that relationship with your high priest, Jesus. You, you don't just become saved and then you, you, do, you do whatever you want to within Christianity. There's certain things we have to do. There's, this is a, this, you are in, engrafted into a family now. It, the, the access is free, but there's a lot of hard work. There's that, that you know, you, you talk about the, the, um, the battle of staying in faith. That's what this is. It's there's work to stay within faith. It's easy to get into it and access the things of God, but it's a battle to stay within it. We have to work hard at these things. So we want to recognize our high priest, what we are supposed to do And how we access the things from him for our life. Because Abraham, this whole covenant with Abraham, he received, there was a covenant made with Abraham because he received a blessing on his life, which, which the Bible refers to as the blessing of Abraham. That comes into our life now. But there are certain things that Abraham did to maintain that blessing in his life. Tomorrow's going to be good. You don't want to miss tomorrow morning. I don't know if this helped you or not. This is revealing so much to me about uh, the order of Jesus, where he where he's seated, helping me understand the process in which Jesus came and went and, and these high priests, what their position was and all these different things. But what access we have and what that gives us today in society, Whew. it's powerful what we have access to the things. And I'm not talking about like spiritual goo goo gaga type 
access. I'm talking like monetary things. Because, listen, Abraham recognized King uh, High Priest Melchizedek with monetary things. And there was a monetary return. When I say monetary, physical, financial return for Abraham because he recognized the high priest financially. We're going to get more into this tomorrow. Hey, everybody that's on this morning, thanks for joining. I know we had a lot of scripture this morning, not a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of conversation about stuff, but we had a lot of scripture, but be ready tomorrow morning. We're going to dig into the financial blessing of this and the high priestlyhood of Jesus and the order of Melchizedek, what that has for our life, what that means. And uh, we'll do a little bit more of that. But hey, listen, I love you. This has been fun this morning. I'm ready to go kick the devil in the face today. We're going to have a great day. I love you so much. Thanks for being on with me this morning. If you're listening by audio podcast, be sure to subscribe and follow me. If you're on Facebook or uh, if you're on uh, uh, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Twitch, if you're watching from any of these platforms, thanks for watching. Um, I see you on Twitch. I see you on Facebook. Um, I, I know we've got some people that watch on Twitter. But anyway, be sure to share the post. Uh, take a screenshot. Tag Get Up With God in one of your stories on Instagram or Facebook you know, uh, tag them that, that brings us in front of people, lets people know about the show and gets the word out and word of mouth is the greatest way to get things around. So, Hey, listen, have a great day today. Be blessed today. Use the word of God, help someone, you know, be a, be a blessing to someone. Allow God to use you today. That's a good thing to say. Allow God to use you today. God wants to use you. Allow him to do that. Have a great day today. I'll see you tomorrow morning, bright and early 6am. Don't miss tomorrow morning. I'll see you. Be blessed. Love you. Thank you.